What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Mets Legends cast. This is Rob Pearsall starring today as former opening day second baseman Brad Emis, uh, joined by my lovely co-host Michael Jennings, uh, today starring as former Mets outfielder Scott Harrison, um, who was not an opening day starter, surprisingly. I thought he probably would have been in like the 2012 years, but I guess he didn't. That's surprising. Yeah. I mean, I remember when they first got him, he was supposed to be like a fourth outfielder and then ended up like starting every day. Right. Yeah. And then he had 20 home runs in 2012. I think he was like one of the bright spots of that team offense. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that very much, uh, very much in the same ilk as uh, Marlon, uh, Marlon bird and Marlon Anderson and yes. Other random outfielders that have had good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good seasons uh, as fourth outfielders. Andy Chavez, another one of those guys. Um, yeah. Ended up playing a lot for a hurt Cliff Floyd or a traded Xavier Nady or what have you. I guess you can kind of, not that they were outfielders, but you could kind of say like Fernando Tatis and Jose Valentin as well, guys that kind of like weren't part of the original plan, but ended up being big contributors when they were on the team. Yeah. Yeah, um, we love those guys, and um, you know, I love that you're you're doing that lineup thing with with Ryan Finkelstein over at Locked On Mets. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit? Some of the choices. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, if you um, if you guys don't know, um, I hop on Ryan Finkelstein's um, podcast, Locked On Mets, every couple weeks. Uh, usually it is reminiscing about future uh, past legends. Um, and today Ryan had the idea of constructing a legends type lineup. So him and I both made our own lineups last night, came prepared today and swapped our opening day lineup. So think of kind of like the, the likes of your, Colin Cowgills of the world. I don't want to spoil it too much, but your Colin Cowgills of the world, like guys that that weren't like your stars, but still started opening day. So, um, yeah, so that was pretty fun. Ryan's great. Uh, Locked on Mets, check that out. I'm on there every once in a while, but this episode was particularly fun. And we'll have the lineups up for you on opening day as well. Um, courtesy of Robbie Waldrop, one of our lovely graphic designers. So, uh, that'll be really fun, and uh, it was a fun thing to do. So I'm mad at myself because I, I forgot Brad Enos, so that's why we let him with him today. Yeah. Uh, and Mike kind of reminded me. I, I can't believe I missed him, um, <laughs> but we, we rectified it. We rectified we were, it. We were even talking about him in the in the um, Mets Legends graphics chat uh, yeah. when, you, when you came up with uh, asking Robbie to do that <laughs> uh, lineup template thing. Pretty funny, but uh, we love Brad Emus. He's um, he's an opening day legend of opening day legends, um, right up there with with Colin Cowgill. Um, yeah. So, speaking of opening day, though, uh, we'll not be we'll not be having uh, Jacob Degrom on the hill for opening day. Um, sort of a a litany of Mets injuries here at the end of camp that are deflating to say the least uh jacob Degrom out at least four weeks with that shoulder inflammation um max scherzer had ended up having like pretty good news on from his bullpen today uh this morning 
he'll go likely on Friday. And then uh, Brandon Nimmo receiving a cortisone shot before the season even starts is not good. Uh, so Nimmo is just so talented, but the guy can't stay healthy. Um, yeah. And it's such a disappointment because you kind of just have to expect that he's going to miss time during the season. Um, but you see what he can do. I mean, 2018, I want to say, he had just such a good year. And uh, since then, it's just, you know, he's he, when he's on the field, he's great, but he just can't stay healthy. And uh, it's such a bummer. But, yeah, good news for sure on the Max Scherzer front. Hopefully he is able to pitch over the weekend in Washington. Um, you know, the Mets really need him to be available, um, especially with Jacob DeGrom now. And, and, and I think you're kind of looking at maybe closer to two months for DeGrom. I'm not really expecting him back before June, um, which is no. a bummer. But uh, if you could get Scherzer and Bassett to stay healthy, I mean, that's still a formidable one-two punch. Um, and then you, I guess you kind of have to hope that like a couple of Taiwan Walker, Carlos Carrasco, David Peterson, and Tyler McGill uh, can be good for you. And then I don't know. That's you kind of just have to hope that that's the case. Um, but uh, I know. It's opening I, day. I know we've been kind of joking about it, just to bring it back to a little bit of a of a lighter yeah, of note and a lighter tone. Um, we've kind of been joking about you know. Tyler McGill being being a Cy Young favorite this year. Um, do you think he actually has a legitimate chance of being the opening day starter? Or who do you think is most likely out of, you know, Taiwan Walker, Cookie Carrasco, David Peterson, and McGill to, to take the bump? So I think that, I mean, I think McGill, I think it's either going to be McGill or it's going to be like a bullpen game um, yeah. for opening day, um, which might make sense. I mean, um, Patrick Corbin is pitching for the for the Nationals, and he's just not very good. So if that offense can just score some runs, I don't think I don't think it really matters who you have on the hill. Um, but it would be I mean I'd be fine with Tyler McGill pitching opening day. I, I trust him enough to I mean even if he gives the Mets five six innings of you know two runs or whatever it is three runs. I think that the offense could probably. Uh, you hope they could they could outscore that. You never really know with the Mets, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah it, it does kind of stink there, right? Because it's like I feel like that like optimism of opening day with 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 everything that's happened has kind of been like knocked out of like knocked the wind out of uh, my sails personally. Um, For sure, where like you know I, I don't know like not having Degrom, I mean, Scherzer being back, you know, hopefully he's healthy and he's able to pitch, but. Um, yeah, it's just been kind of a bummer, especially because Degrom is really the guy. You know, it's when, when baseball is just more fun when he's pitching well. Yeah, absolutely, and and it definitely has. If, if Tyler McGill ends up being the the opening day starter, it has a very very sort of like Dylan G, opening day start feel to it. Um, yeah, which I mean, he ended up having like a really nice season following that opening day start, I believe. Um, and I don't know. I mean, like. Injuries happen. Of course, it sucks that they happen. These happened before the season, particularly with Nimmo and DeGrom. Those two are the most worrying to me. Um, everything that I've read about what's going on with Scherzer is the kind of thing he's dealt with it before. It's, it's nothing new with him. He knows how to deal with it, and he knows, he knows what he needs to do in order to uh, stay on the field. And I think at this point, without DeGrom for – 
you know, indefinitely until, like you said, probably at least June. I feel like it really kind of puts some pressure on Scherzer to make more starts. I think if the Mets want to contend this year, to me, it feels like Scherzer has got to, got to give you like 30 starts. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially since like, like, now is more imperative than ever for him to, to be healthy um, and to start. And obviously those things are kind of out of your control sometimes, but, um, or, you know, all the time, I guess, um, <laughs> unless you're consciously going out of the way to get hurt. I, I don't know. It doesn't, <laughs> it'd be kind of weird, but um, yeah, I mean, with DeGrom out, especially it's like the Mets really need that one, two punch of Scherzer and Bassett to kind of carry them. And that's a good one, two punch. It really is. It is. Yeah, it totally is. I think the, the rotation looks better when Bassett's your number three, but I mean, he's still a really good number two. So um, yeah, I mean, it's still opening day. I'm definitely not as like optimistic as I was before DeGrom got hurt. And now you have, you know, Nimmo hurt and it's just like kind of a bummer. Um, like being a Mets fan is just totally groundhog day um, <laughs> sometimes, but you know, and also fun. I'm just glad baseball's back. Right. I mean, I think when you when you look at look back starting in December with the lockout and all of the uncertainty that surrounded baseball and then you know you come back a deal gets done this huge flurry of moves is you know being made across the league and you put all the you're starting to put all these teams together on paper and things are changing so rapidly and I feel like the past two weeks have been just sort of a sick reminder of like how quickly things change, especially when injuries come into the mix. Um, I just feel like that's something that no one was really thinking about um, because of all the other, all the other things that were going on. There was the end of the lockout and this absolute frenzy of guys moving all over the place, whether it was signing as free agents or, uh, I mean, a ton of trades have gone down, but I also feel like, this isn't the only sort of like big injury that has happened across the league. Obviously I think, I think the DeGrom injury is the biggest one, but teams are losing, you know, important guys across the league. Yeah. And I think that like, you just have to expect that that was going to happen because you had a shortened 2020 season, you had a 2021 season that was full. And then now you have the lockout. So it's like, it's like you just haven't had a regular – and then also last year was, you know, the beginning of the season was – they didn't even – I'm trying to think, did they even have a full spring training last year in 2021? I can't really remember. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, I guess they did. But I guess there's still people trying to get back into the groove. Um, fans were only allowed in the stadium in, like, to a certain capacity. So, like, it didn't really feel like fully like a normal season last year until kind of the end – um yeah i so think it, i think spring I think training that, i think spring training it was like either very limited attendance or no attendance maybe even to start yeah yeah i think you're right and um so i think just having like three weird seasons in a row you have to expect that guys are going to get hurt it's been such a it's been such an out of whack routine they've had to deal with so yeah um it's unfortunate but like I said, I think DeGrom getting hurt now, I'd rather that than later in the season. So hopefully he's able to correct whatever happened and, and be healthy the rest of the way. Um, so 
that's really all we can hope for. And, and hopefully Scherzer's hamstring doesn't become a lingering issue. You don't want him having to pitch through that this whole time, you know, um, and be, have that nagging injury with him. So, yeah. I mean, he's such um, an animal though, that I like, <laughs> even if he does have something that's bothering him, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll affect his performance too much. Yeah. Hopefully not. I mean, he really is a machine on the mound. So, um, but yeah, so other than that, the Mets traded Miguel Castro to the Yankees for Joely Rodriguez. Um, I hope I'm saying his first name right. I, I haven't heard. I think that's that right. Loud. Yeah, um, I was I was talking to um, some of my family members who are Yankees fans, and um, I was like, you know, what what are your thoughts on on Joely? Like, I don't know anything about him. And they're like, yeah, we don't have uh, many thoughts about him. He's not that good. Uh, he's good against lefties, but if he faces righties, you're kind of in trouble. And I was like, great. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't really, I mean, like per, first and foremost, I really like Miguel Castro. Um, I do too. Love, love Castro. I thought it was kind of a weird trade. Um, like it, it kind of felt like they just made the trade to have a left-hander. Um, I would have rather them just given Chase and Shreve an opportunity. Um, I mean, I think he'll going still to get anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I like Miguel Castro and I thought that like he had his, he had his flaws as well, but, and I, I was looking at like, uh, Joely Rodriguez's savant page and, uh, there's some positives there. Hopefully they only use him against lefties. Um, but it's so much harder to just do that now, especially yeah. with three batter rules. So it was kind of a complexing trade. I don't know what the Mets are up to trade-wise recently, um, but they nearly traded Dominic Smith to the Padres for Eric Hosmer, Chris Paddock, and Emilio Pagan as well. So I don't know what the hell is going on with them right now, but two like kind of uninspiring trades. It felt um, that like proposed Dom Smith trade for Paddock and Pagan felt felt a little too reactionary to me because that kind of coincided with the with the DeGrom and Scherzer news so like yeah I wonder if it was just like Epler putting feelers out there and maybe trying to put some pressure on because I mean I was also kind of surprised that we had the kind of public leaks that we did because I mean so many of the Mets moves as we've said before kind of came out of thin air this offseason so to have to have the sort of rumors be out there in the open, it seemed to me like a public sort of pressure move to try and get maybe like a three-team deal done. That's really what it felt like the Mets were going to try to flip Hosmer. Um, and I saw that there were some reporters who were saying that too, like on Twitter and everything. But um, I really wonder what, what kind of return the Mets would get for a fan favorite like Dom Smith. I, I I don't think anything would have been sufficient, <laughs> to be honest. No, I think so many people like Dom. And also just, like, I would have hated it if Hosmer was a Met. It seemed like, I mean, from, yeah. some, reports it was, from some reports it was saying that, like, he was going to get traded, like, immediately. But I don't know. Like, he has a no-trade clause. I don't know how realistic that would have been. Um, but, yeah, I, I was not pleased with that trade whatsoever. And then – the Castro Joely Rodriguez trade kind of came out of nowhere. Maybe the Mets saw something in Joely Rodriguez that they feel like is is beneficial, but I don't really know. Um, I hope he does good, um, but I'll miss Miguel Castro. And uh, really weird 
seeing him in Yankees gear yeah. with no beard and no no dreads, like just super. Uh, it felt like they sucked the character out of him, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's someone who was so dripped out in swag, just like stripped of it all. I mean, not all of it. He still he still has some some swagger to him, but like I don't know. I felt like the beard and the and the dreads definitely definitely added at least I would imagine some sort of intimidation factor on the mound. I would not want to come up on deck and see someone like that and you know throw an absolute cheddar. Um, I would be a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, no, and 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 Castro has it. You know, he has a good fastball. Um, and I think that a big thing uh, with him is that used properly, I think that Castro is a, is a, is a good pitcher. You know, I think he was yeah. used a little bit too much last year. Maybe he was using some sticky substances, but overall I thought that he fit well in the bullpen. I liked him in the back, you know, the back of that bullpen with Trevor May and Adam Adovino now and everything like that. So I think, um, he, I think he provided, yeah, we'll see. I think he provided good cover for a guy like Trevor May. Um, I think, I think May can be, one of the best setup guys um, in baseball. And now that you have a healthy Seth Lugo, you really have like two true setup guys that can, um, that can give you quality innings in high leverage situations. But I felt like Miguel Castro, especially early on in the season, like you said, he was so effective in those high leverage situations when things were going well for the Mets. Um, and then, and then he did hit a wall. I think he was overused. Um you know, given, given sort of the constraints on the Mets pitching staff as a whole, whether it was starters or bullpen games or things like that, Castro was asked to do a lot last year. So I think if, if the Yankees can manage his workload, he can be, he can be a really good high leverage situation guy. Um, And I mean, that hundred mile an hour sinker and slider combination, it, it plays kind of no matter who you are. He was kind of, to me, he felt a lot like, a young Jerry's familia. Um, and I thought the Mets really had something there to, to really truly like pass that torch on uh, to Miguel Castro. They're a little bit different in some ways, but I think ultimately the results that they produced would, were very similar. He's making his way around the, the AL East now though. That's, this is, I believe his third American the East team. So true. Maybe one day we'll see him uh, play for the Sox and the Rays as well. I think he's already played for the Blue Jays and the Orioles. So um, did he but, really, uh, he played for the Blue Jays? Yeah. I think he came up as a Blue Jay. I remember Marcus Stroman um, when I interviewed him last year, mm-hmm. we were talking about how many Blue Jays that he, he was teammates with. It was like, Taiwan Walker, uh, Aaron Loop, Miguel Castro, Sean Reed Foley, Kevin Pillar. There was like a ton of them. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, Jonathan VR, I think, was on the Blue Jays at one point. The, he's, he's already had kind of a crazy career, Miguel Castro. Looking at his, yeah. uh, his baseball yeah. reference page, he, he came up as a 20-year-old. In 2015. Yeah. In 2015, yeah. And then went to the Rockies as a 20-year-old, really struggled there, and then caught back on with Baltimore. I thought, I thought because he was like when he was traded, he was only 25 years old from, from Baltimore. I thought, okay, yeah, he probably came up through the, the Orioles system. I never really 
had like looked at Castro's um, like MLB history before, but um, I mean, I get it. He's got electric stuff. I, that would play on pretty much any team. So I could see why uh, teams like the, the Blue Jays and the Rockies called on him as, as, as a 20 year old, 21 year old. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think the Yankees probably still as well. I mean, he's 27, 28 now. He's still young. Um, and uh, they're hoping that they, they, they got a good pitcher. And I think they did, you know, um, we'll see. Um, so last but not least, what are your opening day predictions? Let's, uh, let's predict the final score and uh, let's predict uh, who's going to be like the big uh, contributor in game one for the Mets on Thursday. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm rocking with my guy, Tyler McGill. Um, I think, I think if he gets the ball on opening day, he's going to give a solid like five and two thirds, um, maybe give up two runs and, and kind of be in a spot in the, in the sixth inning. Um, and then pass the ball off to like a Drew Smith or a Seth Lugo for a couple of innings. I don't know. Um, I just, I have that feeling that I think we're just going to get the Tyler McGill that we saw last season when he really stepped up to the plate. I think he's, he's one of those, one of those guys who can really do that. And um, I would say Mets win the ball game four two. Um, I think they'll get to Patrick Corbin early and yeah, I think the big contributor is going to, I think, I think the story of the game is going to be Tyler McGill filling in for Jacob deGrom. I think that it's going to be a six to three win for the Mets. I think JD Davis is going to be a big contributor. Um, Ooh, I like that a he's lot. The, he's the guy that I think is going to have a good opening day. Um, I think he'll DH, and I think that he will have a good. I think if he if he DHs primarily this year, I think he's going to have a good season. Um, because his offense is good. You know, I mean, he's just not a good fielder, so uh, JD Davis is going to be my guy, and I think the Mets are going to win six three. I think. Corbin's going to get touched up and uh, the Mets will hold on for the win as they normally do on opening day uh, minus last year, you know, they lost last year, but I think they're going to get back in the win column this year. So that's my, I agree. Can, I, can I change my answer slightly? I just want to make an sure. addition. Um, sure. I think Dom Smith is going to have a big hit. Wilmer Flores style, um, cool. you know, on off the back of, of trade rumors. Uh, yeah. Fan favorite. I think, I think he he'll even end up with a two run home run. Okay. Good prediction. Yeah. Um, before we go, do you want to remember some guys? Absolutely. Always want to remember some guys. Um, do you want to start or you want me to start? You go ahead and start. I want to come up with a good opening day guy. So give me a year as we normally do. Let's go with 2011. 2011. All right. Let's see. 2011. Uh, Willie Harris. Perfect. Willie Harris, who also was an opening day starter for the Mets one year. That's right. That, that year. That year, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a little bit of a, of a layup here. Um, opening day Mets legend, Adrian Gonzalez. Yeah, I know. Isn't it weird that he started opening day? Like, I kind of forgot that he did. Almost. <laughs> I, I have, I have a very like 
and maybe it's a made-up memory i don't know but what for whatever reason i have a very vivid image in my mind of when they when they announce like the opening day rosters and starters and everything of just like adrian gonzalez and just thinking about how deeply weird it was that he was starting yeah, for was the so on opening day <laughs> it was so weird it was so weird that he even was a met truthfully yeah um like one of those guys where like you look at like like you totally like 10 years from now people will totally forget that he was even ever a met and mm-hmm. like seeing pictures of him in Mets gear, you're gonna be like it's gonna not not the same but it's like seeing doc gooden in like houston astros gear or something like that you know right like so weird also isn't he participating in that um what is that thing that mlb put out like home run derby x series or whatever they're doing oh adrian gonzalez is i think he is yeah i thought That's i saw something funny. that that he's like i thought you were gonna say old timers day. i thought you were gonna say old timers no <laughs> i was gonna I was like, I was like, there's no way the Mets invited him back for Old Timers Day. No, no chance. I Cespedes did see that. Is coming back, though. Sorry, say that again. Cespedes is coming back for Old Timers yeah. Day. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was going to say, too. Um, that's kind of wild to me because isn't I thought he was still trying to, like, get a contract somewhere. Or I, I guess not if you're coming back for an Old Timers Day. I was going to say, I guess, like, he's just, like like, unofficially retired now because, like, I don't know, like, if you're looking to play, so I don't think that you'd be playing an old timers day. Yeah. Um, it's also weird, and it makes me feel weird that like Daniel Murphy and Cespedes are playing old timers day. Like 2015, <laughs> 2015 doesn't even feel that long ago. I know. I know. I feel like we say that all the time. And it's true, though. It's like, how was that seven years ago? There's no way. I know. I don't know. Um, I mean, Conforto was the last guy um, from that team that was on the active roster, right? Well, Degrom too, but oh, Degrom, yeah, um, duh, he's the last one though. Now I think he's he's the last one. It was like him and it was like him and Conforto and Syndergaard, but mm-hmm. now that Syndergaard and Conforto are gone. Um, it's just Degrom. Yeah, that's strange. Well, Conforto's still out there. Um, we should do I'm some sort of no like picked him up. We should do some sort of like Conforto watch kind of thing. I to at this point, he's not going to get signed until, um, like he's going to have the kind of situation that uh, didn't like Craig Kimbrell. He like had a draft pick associated with him, so he didn't get signed until like July or something like that. There was uh, like Stephen Drew was like that. Yeah, he was the big one. I remember. He's in that, cra- I think he's I, in that weird limbo right now because there is a draft pick associated with him that nobody wants to like. His value to a team is not higher than a draft pick right now, which is so weird. Um, like what a what a monumental collapse like Conforto's had. You know, like I mean, just last year. Not like I think he's still he's young. He's twenty eight or twenty nine. Mm-hmm. You know, he still has some good years, but I it's just it's it's sad to to see. You know. Oh, it's very sad to see. I mean, he he was one of my favorite players during his tenure as a Met. Um, as sort of streaky as he was, I think he was he he is one of the best hitters that the Mets have ever produced from their own farm system. And I think he, I think he still. I think you're right. I think he still has plenty of value. Um, his it just doesn't really make sense to me at this point because, like, why he didn't take a qualifying offer. Or if that rumor of his extension with the Mets, why he didn't take that, if that was true. Yeah. Um, 
it just doesn't it just doesn't really add up. I think there's some sort of piece that must be missing um, that's not maybe available to the general public. Know, maybe, maybe he didn't hurt his shoulder or something like that. Like that was something Scott Boris said, but maybe it's something like worse than we thought. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it too. Maybe maybe he's gotten close pending medicals um, and he's been failing it. Who knows? Yeah. Well, good luck to Conforto. I mean, I would love to see him back. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, but, um, I don't either. On that note, uh, happy opening day, guys, and we'll catch you soon. We're going to be talking about real, meaningful baseball on the next episode, and I can't wait. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, see you guys later.